Welcome to the Sports. 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Palmaville. And joining us as always is the Sports Outsider, Phil Ranta. It's the weekend. It's the weekend. Weekend. I was really hoping there'd be something after the double, it's the weekend. Uh, No, it's a song. I I know, it just feels like you left me hanging. It's a song about the weekend. Is it that it's the weekend, and then you looked up from your desk and spotted that rapper The Weekend had had visited the sports, sports, sports studio, studio, studio? Right. But why would there be a third one, Jordan? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Joel's always pod. right. No, he's yeah. not. Well, it's a sports comedy podcast where Joel's always right, I'm right <laughs> sometimes, and Phil's the sports outsider. Yeah, I'm like the porridge that's too cold. Yeah, why, no, why, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why I mean, do we I, always describe our podcast in different ways to other people? I think that should be the new tagline all the time. Wait, the Joel's, wait, which one? Yeah, the, where Joel's right, I'm right oh. some of the time, and Phil's the sports outsider. And Phil's cold porridge. Yeah. <laughs> Man, remember in college when you'd wake up after a night of drinking, you'd go downstairs and you'd be like, oh, sweet, someone left porridge out. Oh, I'm just grab a bowl of this cold porridge. Just as good cold as it is hot. Yeah, you know? that's how my roommate got eaten by a bear. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hate when that happens. It, but it so, does happen. It does happen sometimes. It does. Like, how am I going to make rent? We need to get a new throw rug. And speaking of college, the Big Ten enters football season this weekend. Whoa. Very yeah. exciting. We're going to have a verifiable true facts on the on the Big Ten starting play. I'm still officially opposed to them doing this. That's fine. That's this fine. This is going to cost people's lives, and I'm appalled that public universities didn't hold the line. Well, yeah, of course, but we're a sports comedy podcast, exactly. and we need content. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Phil, we got a wide world of weird sport. You're goddamn right we do. And today we also have... Uh, Former Chicago Bulls security guard John Caps, uh, who apparently recently sold six NBA championship rings from the 90s. Yeah, I didn't even know security guards got championship rings, but I guess it, it takes a village, you know? Yeah, well, I, I mean, know teams, teams they, they vote on like who gets them, basically. On, on who gets it. So I think, you know, like there's certain select people within the organization that they will, like the players will say, yeah, John should get one. And did he, like, make a clutch three-pointer in game five somewhere along the line, or? No. Well, maybe no. in, like, shoot-around, Jordan. Oh, yeah. true, true. And look, in, in the last in the last Dance documentary, a lot of those security guards got hustled by Mark, Michael Jordan in, like, dice and three-card Monty. So, uh, it's not like they weren't paying their dues somehow. Well, yeah, they had to feed his gambling that, habit. My understanding that was mostly other people hustling Michael Jordan in those situations, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think Michael Jordan's a cheater, and I think what? he was gambling with security guards who make like less than an eighteenth of what he does. Right, but then I but first, they were winning. <laughs> the grass is green. The glove is cool. Having a dog at the game to total a baseball major rebrand. Baseball's cool now to total a baseball. Brought to you by Mountain Dew Cliff Diving. You can literally only drink it when you're cliff diving. 
Yadier Molina upset at not being a Gold Glove finalist, semicolon, blames Johnny Bench-driven conspiracy theory. Ooh, conspiracy. <laughs> Subheadline, Johnny Bench announced newest member of Trilateral Commission. A little suspicious. Wait, like Johnny little. Bench, like uh, Blue Emu spokesman Johnny Bench? The very same. Wow. Hall of Fame catcher. So Yadier Molina is perhaps the embodiment of a lunch pail player. He goes to work every day, and while sometimes he's not the best catcher on a per-game basis, there's definitely something to be said about actually playing catcher every day in the major leagues. Sure. Uh, For comparison's sake, I have a friend who played uh, catcher in JV softball for like two years, and when she jogs, it sounds like her knees are chewing grape nuts. (laughs) Ouch. Right? Now it's two years in JV softball. Uh Yadier Molina has a host of accolades to demonstrate his prowess. He's a nine-time All-Star, has won the Silver Slugger Award, nine Golden Gloves, that'll come back, and is the most talented Molina, better than his brothers, who are also catchers, Benji and Jose. And And probably a better actor than Alfred Molina. Well, (laughs) (laughs) probably. One would have to assume. But also, Uh, of of those accolades, I want to say the most impressive one is being the best Molina. Yeah, the Moliners are good. Yeah, and like it's nine nine gold gloves is great, but being able to like sit at that Thanksgiving table and know you're better than your brothers at baseball. Benji, wow! I can't believe your daughter's already twelve. As soon as you know it, she'll be graduating high school. You know, I'd love to make that grad party in July, six years from now, but I'm probably gonna play another year plus five more. Yeah, that's gonna be my Hall of Fame induction weekend. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'd be there though. He's like Adam Scott and Step Brothers. I want to punch him already. Yeah. Hey Benji, uh, when is your Hall of Fame induction ceremony gonna be? Do you think? Uh, recently, the 2020 Gold Glove finalists for catchers were released, and Molina wasn't on the list. The bullshit. finalists were Tucker Barnhart, Cincinnati Reds, Wilson Contreras. Chicago Cubs, Jacob Stallings, Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, right. Joel, so I don't know if you can the, tell. I was going to say, uh, for, for, uh, sorry, Joel. I was going to say the two guys I haven't heard of, I'm assuming they're the ones who are actually good. And Wilson Contreras is in there because he's from the Cubs. Correct. But what's particularly hurtful about this, Joel, is if you're paying attention here, this, is, this, does, this seems to imply that not only is Yachty not a top three defensive catcher in, in the NL, but he's not even a top three defensive catcher in the NL Central. Oh, oh, Reds, right. Cubs, Pirates. That. That's a you know. So maybe he's got a bone to pick. So he goes on a social media, Instagram, and this is a rough translation of what he said. I respect all the finalists in catching in the 2020 National League. Now I see an injustice to those who decide who or not. I do not know if it is MLB or whoever it is. But it's clear that they do not want this Puerto Rican jabarito to tie with the great Johnny Bench. It is a shame that they judge me for not supporting the league at all and not being a, quote, puppet of them. For me, at 38 years old, I'm still the best. Ask every catcher in the MLB and they will tell you. Three exclamation points. I mean, wow. Got so a basically. Point. So Molina believes conspiracy theory to stop him from tying Johnny Bench for the most National League gold gloves with 10. But who's behind this conspiracy? Well, generally speaking, old white guys. Uh... (laughs) Ah. Now, here's the thing. This is what makes the conspiracy theory plausible. 
old white guys who like baseball really like older white guys who played baseball. Yeah. Yeah, like Yogi Berra. Can't stop talking about the dude. However, the line of reasoning (laughs) does seem to ignore Pudge Rodriguez, who is also Puerto Rican and holds the MLB record of 13 gold gloves. Right. Three more than Johnny Bench. But think about how good Pudge had to be defensively to, to, to surpass Johnny Bench. Well, he just had to surpass the AL guys, I guess. Oh, that's true. Really, the record that you care about is NL catcher gold gloves, Joel. That's the one yeah. everyone's talking about. I, for, I forgot, though. Uh, but, but listen... Like, uh, I, I think you also got to remember, and at least, you know, uh, he should keep in mind, sometimes there's just that garden variety. Like, I feel like in some of these awards, they're not always like, who's the best? Sometimes they're like, who's the best? They're like, well, obviously Yachty. But we've given it to him nine times. I think people want us to spice it up a little bit. And Joel, that would be a reasonable line of thinking. Yeah. If this year, Golden Gloves weren't entirely decided by Sabre's defensive index. Ooh. This year, for the first time, because of the shortened season, they used to just use the stat as a uh, complimentary portion of deciding the finalists. This year, they went all tech. Oh, wow. Hmm. So it's our worst fears realized. It's AI that's going to topple mankind, <laughs> and it's from baseball analytics. This yeah. is the most boring tech apocalypse ever. <laughs> well, I, I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> the grass is green. The glove is cool. Having a dog at the game. Total of baseball. Major rebrand. Baseball's cool now. Total of baseball. Brought to you by Mountain Dew Russian Roulette. There can only be one winner, and it's your mouth. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Verifiable true facts. Big Ten Preview Edition. Verifiable true facts. Like trivia, but less interesting. Brought to you by... Ritz Crackers. Salt, fat, butter. For weeks, other conferences have been playing college football while the Big Ten sat in the sidelines, practicing and testing their athletes every day. I have to imagine them laughing to themselves every time the AP Top 25 came out and would include teams that were playing... And for some reason, O and O Big Ten teams. Oof. <laughs> I was talking mean? to a friend about this, and he he was like, "Well, you can't have a one and two team in the top twenty-five. <laughs> you, you can though. Yeah, no, I know. No, it was just really bizarre that it was this weird hybrid of preseason ranking and actual season ranking. Yeah, I mean, some people, Jordan, would say that all it's really done is expose those polls for the complete nonsense they've always been. But the polls have already been exposed for the complete nonsense they've no, always been. That's true, yeah. Uh, that's why Sabres' defensive index will be deciding college football's AP <laughs> Top 25 this year. Ooh, I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. Yeah. All right, here we go. Minnesota won 11 games last year for the first time since the Roosevelt administration. The first Roosevelt administration. Yeesh. Oh, wow. The first term of the first Roosevelt administration. <laughs> For, conspir- for comparison's sake, back then, Iowa football's views on race would have been horrifically normal and would have included Italians. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. I, uh, watch uh, Fargo Season 4. You'll learn all about that. Oh, I just started it. Yeah. Uh, no spoilers. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, no spoilers. <laughs> hey, hey, Jordan, though, hate to quibble. Yeah. But uh, what would uh, what would be the time span in your mind of the first Roosevelt's first term? Oh, I'm 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 counting him picking up for McKinley. Well, yeah, but wouldn't that technically be McKinley's term that he completed? Well, he he died like like a month later. He was like there, and then he wasn't. He got a Understood. mountain named after him, and he's out. But they had they had a national election in November, and it was McKinley's name at the top of the ticket, not Theodore Roosevelt's. Joe, you're not this? allowed to quibble anymore because quibble just went out of business. They burned through two billion dollars <laughs> in cash. Oh shit! Really they didn't lead quickly. with their content slate. They led with Jeffrey Katzenberg, and Middle America didn't care. Indiana won eight games last year but likely will not be able to improve upon that as they're only playing nine games this year. You However... Don't think, you don't think Indiana can go 8-1? and one? Well, when Dr. Fauci's son, who's a big Hoosiers fan, but never sees his absentee father, asked him when they would find a cure for COVID, a depressed and sarcastic Fauci reportedly said, when Indiana goes undefeated, kid. <laughs> the son has prayed and is waiting on a little help from above this Big Ten season. Featuring... Who's your savior the- in Angels in the Outfield story on Disney yeah. Plus this yeah. November? Jordan, I've been watching big time football for a very long time, and I'm pretty sure God doesn't know the Hoosiers exist. Who's your savior in Angels in the Outfield story this November on Disney Plus? Now, Disney Plus, they had a good content slate, but they didn't have enough originals. <laughs> Their growth has been stagnant, especially when you compare it to Peacock. Media watchdog, group, uh, media watchdog groups have noted that coverage of Michigan football is biased toward pointing out that Jim Harbaugh is their coach at every opportunity. This trend <laughs> continues despite it at least being two full seasons after Michigan fans stopped pointing out that Jim Harbaugh is their coach at every opportunity. <laughs> We're over it and you should be too! Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Are you talking about the Jim Harbaugh football organization? That's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar. First-year Michigan State head coach Mel Tucker has already done something D'Antonio never did. Fired virtually all of D'Antonio's assistant coaches. (laughs) I mean, in fairness to D'Antonio, would it really have been smart to, like, fire your assistant coaches, like, a year before you're going to (laughs) retire? No, but two years, and then you wouldn't have had to retire. Well, yeah. maybe, but... And I don't know, it's a good strategy. Warner Media is firing all their top executives, and HBO Max is growing like crazy, so... <laughs> yes, Phil. Susan Rovner left on her own volition because Peter Roth wouldn't leave, Phil. She wasn't fired. Nobody ever leaves anything on their own volition, Jordan. That's yeah. what the press tells you. Interesting story. Did you know there's a probably apocryphal tale of how William Howard Taft was unable to leave a bathtub of his own volition. Yeah, he was very large. Yeah. But he was in charge. Northwestern will enter the Big Ten season. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. For the, for the forever consecutive year, there's a trendy pick to win the Big Ten West, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And there's the team that's going to win the Big Ten West, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. This disconnect will play out every year as Wisconsin stubbornly sticks to its good defense, good offensive line strategy, an old fad from the 20th century. It's kind of like Clemson until, what, like five, six years ago? Every year they'd be like, I don't know, this is the year Clemson might challenge Florida State in the ACC. 
Never and happened. Then they didn't. Well, and then well then they started paying players. Yeah. Uh, entering uh, the season on the hot seat, Minnesota State's coach Hayden Fox looks to uh, end the season ranked in the top twenty-five of the ratings for the first time since nineteen ninety-five. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. a few things about ninety-five. Was one of them coach? <laughs> uh, one of them was Warren G and Nate Dog. They had they had some good songs. Regulators, mount up. Oh yeah. Uh Nate Dog passed, didn't he? Uh why you gotta bring things down, but yeah. No, I'm Forever? just wondering it was sad and it happened in like ninety seven or something. Yeah. Forever staying on brand, Rutgers football had the Big Ten's worst outbreak of COVID nineteen. But with <laughs> But with Greg Schiano returning as head coach, program insiders believe that given a couple recruiting cycles, they could be the Big Ten's third or fourth worst outbreak of COVID. Oh. <laughs> uh, during the first vote, 11 schools voted not to play the season, while Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State all voted to play. But afterwards, two of those schools more or less played nice, while Nebraska kicked and screamed. As a result, when the new schedule was released, Iowa didn't have to play Ohio State anymore, and Nebraska opens the season at Columbus. <laughs> For years, Penn State fans have complained that the Big Ten Conference doesn't consider them a real member of the conference and looks to screw them over at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's going to ring hollow this season once the Big Ten unveils its new rule. It's not holding if it's against Nebraska. It's probably not pass interference either. And go ahead, free shot on the QB. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, despite their difficult and shortened schedule, insider sources at Nebraska are confident former coach Bo Pelini could have gotten this Huskers team to 9-4. and four. <laughs> He would have needed to find, you know, some high school teams from the local area to, to play for the last few games. But yeah. He could have, he could have made 9-4. and four. Yeah. He's got a name that sounds like a puppet. Go Bo back. Pelini. 5-4 and four in the Big Ten. And 4-0 and in the Cornhusker Invitational. <laughs> and lastly, despite giving the okay from the Big Ten's medical advisory board to play, Michigan and Michigan State have decided to actually look into the matter themselves, having recently been burned by taking doctors at their word. Ooh. Ooh! Verifiable true facts! Verifiable true facts! Like trivia, but less fun. Brought to you by... Ritz Crackers. We got a logo on the box. Joining us now on the podcast is former Chicago Bulls security guard, Joe Caps. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey there, Joe. Hey, it's a pleasure <laughs> Hello, to Joe. be here on the podcast. It's nice to meet you, Joe. Yeah. You sound well. Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great now that I... Big money. Sure money. Yeah. <laughs> so you sold, you sold your... You have six... Bulls championship rings, and you sold them. Yeah, I was a I was a security guard for the Chicago Bulls for fifty two years, and sold off those rings for two hundred fifty five thousand eight hundred and forty dollars. You can't forget the forty. That'll buy another uh, eight Chicago dogs at the Wiener Circle. <laughs> that's actually Wait. that's a pretty good deal in a Chicago dog. It's a pretty good deal. Did you did you sell them all in bulk, or were they sold individually for an amount that added up to the quarter million? No, they were part of the Huggins and Scott auction, and they were up for auction individually. Uh, each sold for uh, somewhere between fifty thousand dollars and twenty four thousand dollars individually. 
That one oh, from wow. 1996 went for the least amount. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe people to... were getting some auction fatigue at that time, you know? Yeah. I have to imagine that that's during this quarantine, during this tough time, that must be helpful for you. Oh, no, and... I had plenty of money. I, yeah. I just knew that I was the greatest security guard all time. I have nothing else to prove. I got six rings, baby. Well, not anymore, you don't. Well, no, but I had them. And I already knew I was the greatest of all time, so why hold on to these trinkets? (laughs) I'm in the Security Guard Hall of Fame, in my mind. Yeah, Joe, here's the thing. I'm not going to contend that you're not the greatest security guard of all time, because I really, I just don't have a dog in that fight. You know, like, uh, (laughs) I can't imagine who is, but... But you really, I mean, you, 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 regardless of how good a security guard you are, you didn't get those rings for being a security guard. You know? Oh, yes, I did. Because you know what? Ima- so imagine 1991, the beginning of the Bulls dynasty. Imagine if you would have had a bunch of people wielding guns running out there shooting Michael Jordan in the kneecaps. Arguably, that's. A variation on the Jordan rules deployed by the bad boys, but yeah, you, 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 you would you wouldn't have seen the Bulls get six rings in the '90s then, now would you? And you know who keeps people from doing stuff like that? The goat security guards like me, right? So it it really feels like you're kind of capitalizing on the last dance thing to maybe prop up your own legacy here. No, Joe. I'm not. I'm not capitalizing on anything. People know who I am. I walk around the streets of Chicago and people go, hey, look at you. You're the one that protected Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. And then there was others. <laughs> so I, I gotta, oh, I'm really impressed that I guess you're the only, are, would you say you're the only security guard with six rings? You think that's true? Oh yeah. LeBron James's security guards aren't getting six rings. They think well, I, they're oh. so hot. They think they're so great because they're protecting somebody currently instead of 30 years ago. Well, let me tell you something. The bull security guards were back when security garden was real. We didn't have yeah. as strong a metal detector. We didn't have an NSA stopping stuff. We had to do it ourselves. Actually, we oh, it we like were the front line lead. of defense for the city of Chicago sports. <laughs> yeah. If, if memory serves, they actually, you know, prior to the six titles, they changed the rules about assault on Michael Jordan to make it a lot easier uh, for them to get to those six titles. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of shady stuff going on in the government. But I had to, I, I had to protect him every single day. And it wasn't just Michael Jordan I was protecting. I was also Scottie Pippen. And I think there was at least five to ten other people I was protecting as well. Many more than five. Uh, Well, you know, once you get to number 11, if they get their kneecaps busted, you don't worry so much. Well, that's inarguable. But uh, I got to ask you. Oh, sorry, Joel. Oh, no, I was I was just going to continue here, though, that like, how do you respond to the argument that the security guards for LeBron, LeBron James, you know, in. A lot of different situations. They uh, have been guarding LeBron James in a lot of different arenas for different organizations that were of lower quality, didn't necessarily have all the support and help uh, that you would want to do that, and yet they've also still managed to protect him 
through 10 straight NBA Finals. I well, mean, you didn't even do six straight NBA Finals. Let, let me ask you a question, and I want you to really look into your herd on this one, okay, Joel? Would you okay. rather be a rich man in 1840 or a middle-class man in 2020? Oh, a middle-class man in 2020. Yeah, exactly. Times they are a-changing and things get easier. <laughs> I didn't right, have but- mobile phones to call 911. I had to run to one of those red phones. I mean, actually- Oh, those always seem so cool. Yeah, yeah but they're, they're sometimes many yards away. I had to be in peak physical position. What do LeBron James's people have to do? Oh, go, go, go sun tanning out on the beaches- uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a crap city. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago is rough and tumble, and you have to, you have to, you have to be really on your game. That's why I'm the greatest of all time, baby. Well, I think like this is something that people often ask about the Bulls uh, as a franchise, and I guess I could bring you in here as a security guard. When Jordan left to play baseball. 94-95, the yeah. two years in that in that six championship run where they didn't win, you know? Yeah. What were you doing then? Were you? Would you think you were less of a security guard? What was going on then, the two years in the middle of the run where you guys did not win? You know what? Some, when you're a security guard and you're at the top of your game, sometimes your teammates let you down. <laughs> and my teammates are the, are the players, and they weren't <laughs> able to pull it through. I was doing top-notch security guarding. You know, I was making sure no one was getting shot or stabbed. I was making sure no one was throwing popcorn at people when they were on the bench. I was making sure that nobody was throwing sport peppers from their Chicago dogs uh, inside of people's eyes and making them burn so that they can't make their free throws. Kind of like the guy at the end of Bloodsport when he throws the sand in the face of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. I was doing all I was doing all of that. And you know what? They they weren't able to pull it out, even though I was doing world class security garden. I should have eight rings, at least. <laughs> that would have probably netted me another sixty k. Right, but wouldn't I mean? Some people would really point out though that that the security guards for LeBron James have, you know, don't have any sort of periods where they're not playing at the the absolute peak there. Why are we talking so much about LeBron James? It's well, undisputable. It's yeah. undisputable that I am the greatest security guard of all time. I was featured in the last dance. When was LeBron James's security guards ever featured in shit? I'll tell you when, never, because they're just a bunch of they're a bunch of hangers honors. They're not studied in the 1980s and 1990s crafts as security guards back when we used to bust some heads. Okay, but I would like to point out. Oh, they need their safe spaces these days. You're getting into security guard safe space. Oh, I've never had a Chicago dog sport pepper thrown in my eyes. (laughs) They've also, like, you know, guarded LeBron James through four more NBA finals than you ever went to. It's not about the amount of NBA finals that you're guarding for. It's about the quality of the garden you do in your garden. I mean, that. I guess that tracks. Yeah, it tracks because it's true because I'm the greatest of all time in both security have, guard and security guard theory. There's also, I mean, a lot of people would point out that uh, the security guard for Scottie Pippen 
who's also quite excellent, was with you all throughout your tenure with the Bulls. Whereas, you know, the top security guard for LeBron James has never quite had another security guard on that level to be that extra set of oh, eyes. Oh, come on. Arena. The security guard for Scottie Pippen was window dressing. <laughs> we knew who was really doing the top-notch security garden. You could have put, you know what? You could have put a, a three-year-old boy with a spinny cap and a lollipop in as Scottie Pippen security guard. Nothing would have changed. Wow. I got to say, I think that's that's a real shot at Scottie Pippen's security guard. You that's know, okay. He, he died a long time ago. <laughs> I got to ask you, I yep. know you're confident in your uh, in your title as the GOAT, the greatest of all time security guard. That's what GOAT you, stands and, for, yep. And you have, you have uh, divested yourself of these rings. And I guess, what, to me, what is next? What does someone who's the greatest security guard of all time do with the rest of their life even? Well, you know, it's a security garden is hard work. I've got bad knees now because of okay. security garden. And uh, after I got a little CTE. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I think I'm going to just kind of go into a nursing home and slowly waste away, probably. Oof. Uh, but it's fun. They got board games. There's well, got, nothing better. Than, no, the, the, the nursing homes in Chicago are the goat of nursing homes. <laughs> well, and with that amount of money, you should be able to get into yourself a nice home. A nice home, you bet. Yeah, but but real quick here, even with a little bit less money, like what I can't understand is like why why you didn't hang on to one? You know, like if the, if the 94 one or whatever it was didn't sell for as much, why not just hang on to it? And then you still got the one ring to show people and be like, yeah, I was the security guard with the bulls all the way through. You could even mm. use it as like your piece and monopoly just to screw with your, your oh. friends. Oh, I like that idea. Right. Oh, and, oh and sure. You, yeah. You could, you could, uh, Joel, why don't you have a $30,000 uh, piece that you use for monopoly? Well, I, no, I, I understand. Well, so, okay. So don't use it for that, but I'm just saying like, well, it, that's the example that you gave. Look, too. Look, no, I already know that I'm the greatest. I have nothing to prove to anybody, all right? The whole city of Chicago already knows that John Caps is the best security guard. I got nothing to prove. If I won an Oscar for acting in The Last Dance or whatever, it's not like I have to staple the Oscar to my forehead so everyone can see it. I'd probably sell that too. <laughs> and then tell people to just rewatch the broadcast. Boy, every well, time you say your city's name, you just, it's like you get stuck in the middle syllable. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, uh, Joe, thank you very much. It's been very enlightening having you on and learning a little bit more about security guarding. Yep, absolutely. And by the way, I died two years ago. Ah! And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. Oh, it's wide world of sports time. I realize wide world of sports. Wide world of weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's wide world of weird sports. Strangest mascot injuries. Okay. Wow. All right. Warning, there's 25 of them, so this is going to be a multi-part. Okay. Okay. Right. Wow. Uh, let's think... start with Stanley C. Panther. So on December... Uh, yep. 
Oh, I was going to say, oh, is that the Carolina Panthers or Florida Panthers? This is the Florida Panthers. Okay. Oh, December I, I 2010. I it was Stanley C. Panther, and the mascot itself was like a, a jungle explorer type. Uh, Stanley C. Panther found himself on the injured reserve list after suffering an undisclosed injury while attempting to jump over a folding chair with all that I mean, costume on. Right. That's. I mean, normally jumping over a folding chair, especially without a running start, isn't exactly easy to do it Joel, with a costume on is, is something of a feat. It wasn't a running start. He attempted to jump over a folding chair on ice skates. Oh, my. Oh, That's, shit. Yeah, oh, that is a stunt. Stanley C. Panther was apparently injured seriously enough that a wheelchair was involved in his recovery. Oh, oh man. man. And putting a panther in a wheelchair, not easy. They fight. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot more trouble catching the rodents and small game that make up a, a huge part of their diet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, bananas. Uh, in October 1995, University of Maine mascot Bananas the Bear... Must Wait, have got. Let me see if I can guess what happened to him. Yep. Slipped on a banana peel. No, his name oh. is Bananas, but his injury has nothing to do with bananas. No. Uh, he must have gotten a little obnoxious while spreading school spirit because a basketball player punched him in the head and stomach. <laughs> oh, man. oh God. Yeah. What's interesting is the basketball player played for Maine. Oh. Yep, which wow. means that bananas must have been driving him a little bananas. hey Yeah, that's actually, as a mascot, that's a big win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that guy probably got ejected right after that. So you're like, I actually changed the outcome of the game. Yeah, but against your own team. Yeah, so that against sucks. your own team. Wait, oh, it was his own team? Yeah, yeah that's what I said. He played, it was a player for Maine. Oh, God. Well, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's bad. Boy, that's you, know, bad. you know who... You know who gets no sympathy for getting punched a lot is the guy who got punched by his own player. Right? So true. Friendly fire. Everyone's like, as much as I'm into the mascot, I'm into the mascot because of the team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, number three, Rocky. Uh, in April 1995, Rocky, the Nuggets mascot, and Sir Charles Barkley have a history of bad blood. Barkley once stepped all over him during a game. Perhaps the initial spark in their feud. <laughs> in another incident, Rocky challenged Sir Charles to a boxing match, only to be laid out in a single punch to his grill. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah, punched him right out. No assault charges were filed. Number four. <laughs> number four is Raymond. In February 2001, the Rays mascot, Raymond, the six foot five bundle of blue fur was injured during a cameo appearance at the Tampa Bay Thunderdogs of the ABA. Raymond broke his wrist while attempting to dunk another broken bone, courtesy of the trampoline also known as the bouncy lawsuit machine. <laughs> See, here's, here's the thing. When you're, when you're a mascot for like a sports team, they usually have it written in your contract that you can't participate in other recreational activities because you're right. worth so much money to the team. Yeah, exactly. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if basically he might have lost some pay or gotten fined for this because I'm sure baseball mascots aren't supposed to be uh, performing basketball stunts. Yeah, that's very strange. Shouldn't have done that. Uh, the Raptor in October 2013, the Raptors suffered a devastating blow 
uh, with the biggest attraction in Toronto basketball when he was sidelined for the season with an injury. Their beloved Raptor and 19-year veteran, or 19-year veteran, ruptured his Achilles tendon, uh, tendon, performing a stunt during the home opener. Hopefully, that's a really bad injury. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Achilles tendon. That's not a please. That's that's a bad one. That's like you for the rest of your life, you will probably notice and remember that you once ruptured your Achilles tendon. Yeah, yeah. Number six, muddy the mud hen. Oh no! Um, no! Yeah. yeah. August 1995, Muddy the Mud Hen was injured in Toledo during an exhibition game against the Big League Tigers. What? Yep, Muddy was doing his thing, dancing atop a home dugout when he totally bites it, falls seven feet, smacking his dome on the dugout steps. Suffering, yeah, suffering both a concussion and a sprained arm, the poor chicken was hospitalized for four days. Oh, Muddy! Yeah. See, that's where you're, you're thankful it was an exhibition game against the Tigers because when you're playing a big league team, they have better medical care for their mascots. Right, right. Than like yeah. minor league teams. So basically, get them there, better facilities, better doctors. Yep. And that's why Muddy is now known as Bloody. No, that's <laughs> not true. Uh, number seven, Rocky. Uh, November 2013, Rocky gave the Nuggets a crowd scare at the Pepsi Center when he remained motionless after being lowered from the rafters during an opener against the Trailblazers. Uh, it was particularly distressing to see Rocky's dismount as he immediately collapsed to the ground. He wasn't seriously injured, but he did pass out during the pregame ceremony, and he did not return to the game. Nothing, nothing really reveals that it's like, guess what? He's not an actual rock. Right, rocks don't pass out unless oh, you're those rocks from uh, from uh, Frozen. Maybe that's what he was doing when he was sitting there motionless. There we go. He was just being a being rock. A he was rock. in character. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. All right, number eight and finally for this one, Mariner Moose. On October 1995, man, a lot of these are 95. Yikes. Uh, the Mariner, year. yeah, the Mariner Moose got a little carried away while entertaining the Seattle crowd during the playoff series. The moose suffered a compound ankle fracture when his rollerblades snagged the turf at the kingdom, sending him careening into the outfield wall. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate. A whole lot of hurt animals and objects. Wow. I, I'm starting to look at mascots in a different way. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say specifically Rocky, who has now been on this list twice. Yeah, yeah exactly. They need to, to train their mascots better in safety, OSHA regulations, you know? And that brings an end to another wide world of weird sports! Oh, so many mascots get injured, we don't realize it because we're all so busy laughing. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to a close another sports. 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 Podcast. Before we go... We're going to bring back Joe Caps to give you our contact information. All right, it's time for your contact information. You can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. While you're there, make sure to follow the Chicago Bulls. You can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash Sports number three podcast. That's a lot of newfangled technology for a dead guy, you know. Or you can find all of our back episodes at anchor.fm slash sports the number three podcast. 
That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. You better subscribe or you're going to get a sport pepper to the eye and I'm not going to be there to protect you. Thank you very much, Joe. You're welcome. Back to the nether regions. (laughs) Hey, guys. Joel. Joel. You know, a lot of people forget, but actually the first Roosevelt's uh, run with the Bull Moose Party in 1912, best third-party run ever. Bye, Bye, Joel. Joel. He really did die two years ago. I should have gone to the bottom of the article first. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It was his estate that sold the rings.